Thank you for being here today. Somebody has taken my message. <laughs> I am missing... It's going to be a short message today. I am dead serious. Where's, where's, where's those who report to me? That's who I want to know. Oh, here, I got it. I'm sorry. It is on, it's on the floor. <laughs> Maybe God is... Uh, <laughs> no. uh. There were some of you who were like, all right, a short message. God is good to us today. Sorry. Not today, yes. Take your Bibles out today. Galatians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16. We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit today. It was interesting while you're turning there uh, that as I came in, I've been in a part of this church for 13 years now, and uh, I've come in every Sunday. And uh, as I came in, there was one of our staff was eating an orange. And uh, that's not real unusual, but I thought, okay, fruit. And uh, then I go back in the sound booth and somebody's eating a banana. I thought, hey, we're right on target. We're talking about fruit today and people are eating fruit. And so Galatians chapter 5, if you'll stand with me, verse 16 through verse 25. It says, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desire against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. For, there, for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarned you, just as I have forewarned you. He says it twice. Do you see that? It means he's trying to get his point across. He's already told them. That those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law because we live under grace. And aren't you happy for that? Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh, flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word brings life to us, sets us free, helps us when we are in need. Father, directs our paths. Father, it helps us to be the light of the world, that we would take your word in, and Father, we would give your word out. And I pray today that you would just help us, that we would understand the fruit that you have given unto us through the Holy Spirit as we continue on this series, and Father, understanding the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Father, I pray that we would also, at the end of this service, look inward to see how that fruit is active in our lives. And I pray that you would just minister to every heart and every one here today as we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So the last couple days, there were um, seven of us that went to uh, Springfield, Missouri. Uh, just Friday and Saturday, we went to a men's conference down there, James River Church, and just a, a powerful, powerful, powerful uh, conference. And we had two uh, ministers there, two preachers there, one from Brooklyn, and the other one came out of Texas. And uh, the one that came out of Texas was, that's, that's the one that I got more out of. He was a, a, a black minister and just full of life. And he just uh, touched my heart in such a way, had uh, just so big on, the, on his preaching and everything. And um, so I was like, and it said in the notes that he was the associate pastor. And I was like, wow, if this is the associate who is the pastor of that church? And I was like, this man is all over the stage, and he's just, you know, so exuberant. And his stories, he's sweating, and he's throwing a towel on his head. And I mean, just crazy. So last night I looked it up. He comes out of Texas, and I was totally amazed. I've, I've shared with some of the guys who was there. Joel Osteen. There was, I mean, how does he become the associate pastor of Joel Osteen? These two don't fit together. <laughs> if, you, if you would meet John Gray, you can go online. If you would hear some of his message, I was like, no, I, I had to look it up again. No, Joel Osteen. Sorry, he goes, as he's. Contrast. Today I want to talk about a few things. Number one being the contrast between the flesh and the spirit. And as we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, we will see that the flesh fights against the Spirit, and the Spirit wars against the flesh in our lives. We can see this battle each and every day as we read these Scripture today. You can see it. He says it in there. The flesh sets its desire against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, that they work in opposition. And I say so many times, there's the physical and the spiritual side to everything. And those things are warring against each other that the one that wants to win will fight against the other one who wants to win. We see it so many times when they line up on the scrimmage line and you can see 11 players on this side, 11 players on this side, and one is trying to move the ball down the field and the other is trying to get the ball. It's a battle. We see it on the baseball field. We see it every sport that there is. There's a battle that goes on says that the flesh sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. What does it mean? What is the flesh? And maybe you're new here to this church and maybe you've just walked in, but the flesh is just like you see it. What we can touch, the bones, the muscles, everything that walks, that carries you around, that you live in from day to day. That is your flesh. And we can see that we live in that. The Greek means flesh, the body, that's it. It is what it is. We're going back to the beginning, and we can see that God created man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed life into him. That's the beginning of creation. When we can see that we were created, we're created in the very image of God, and we're given life. There are three things that make you who you are. The body, which I've just shared, the muscles, the, muscles, the bones, the organs, all of those different things. Then we also have the soul, which is the eternal part. That when we die, then our soul will go to heaven or to hell. Or, I'm sorry, and then number three is the spirit. Either the spirit of this world or the spirit of God. 
And when we get saved, we have the Holy Spirit that comes and abides with us, and we walk then, or we should walk in, the Spirit that has now been given unto us, the Holy Spirit. And as we walk through life and we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us, we can see that we will find this path, and the Bible says it's straight and narrow, and if we walk on that, we will find eternal life. And we need to do that each and every day. The only way for me to do that is to walk by the Spirit. So many times, though, the flesh will creep up in our lives, and we have to be careful. Because the flesh wants to win. The devil wants us to lose what we have with God so that we lose at the end of this thing we call life. The flesh and the Spirit war against each other, and there are times when the flesh wants to do one thing and the Spirit wants to do another. And that's a battle that each and every one of us have gone through at times. We wrestle, the Bible says, and when we wrestle, the one that's stronger will win. I've shared it a couple of times that I heard a story years ago that there was a, a little African man and, who was so godly, and they finally came to him and they said, how is it that every day you are so godly? And he said, well, I've kind of figured it out like this. He goes, there's like two dogs inside of me. There's the worldly or the fleshly dog, and then there is the dog of God's spirit inside of me. If I feed the worldly dog, then he's going to get stronger and he's going to win. But if I, speak, if I feed the spiritual dog that's inside of me, he will get larger and he will win. And we need to feed that spiritual dog. It's a daily battle that we face each and every day. Our flesh wants to rise up and say, be selfish, do these things, enjoy life. And our flesh says, walk after God and you'll find peace and contentment. The flesh wants to be selfish, and the spirit wants to be selfless. I think God would have us to understand we need to read the Bible, we need to pray, we need to seek his face to build up that spiritual dog that's inside of us that we can live that way. The spirit puts a desire for the things of God in our life. And I'll be honest with you, it's not always easy to, you know, find time in your life to read your Bible or to pray, seek God's face, because the, the devil will want to try and say, listen, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that, you know, you got to take the kids to the ball game, you have to, you know, make a cake for your neighbor. Ah, we live in such a busy life. I don't know how they did it on Little House on the Prairie. I mean... <laughs> They didn't do anything. They didn't have soccer. They didn't have, you know, play practice. They didn't have swimming. What did they do? And our lives just keep getting more and more filled. Allowing the, the things of God to be pushed and scrunched down in our lives if we're not careful. Jesus was the one who understood this battle. And he had a time in his life where he really struggled. And this is one of my favorite scriptures that we can see. It's in Matthew chapter 26. Jesus was praying to God the Father about what was about ready to take place. And let me read this for you. It says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be grieved and distressed. You stop right there. Now, they had walked with Jesus for three and a half years at this point. 
And it says that he became grieved and distressed. Now, you have friends, you have family members. I know when my wife or my children are grieved or distressed. And I'll sit down and I'll talk to them. What's going on? What's, you know, what's the problem? I know the people that I work with. The same thing. I know a lot of times when things are going on because we just show those things. It just comes out. And so Jesus is going away to pray. It's a time. We know this story well that he's about ready to pray to the Father about what is yet to come and carrying the cross. And he is grieved in distress. And they don't say anything. They don't say anything. So let me go on. He says, sit here and I'll go over and pray. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began grieved and distressed. And he said to them, my soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. Okay, now if they didn't get the first one, they missed the second one also. He told them, I am grieved even to the point of death. If one of my kids came in and told me, listen, Dad, I'm grieved to the point of death. I'm like, okay, good. I'll talk to you in a few minutes. No. Right then and there is when we're going to talk to him. He says, I am grieved to the point of death. And he went on a little beyond them. And he fell on his face and he prayed, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. What was he wanting? He knew what was coming. He knew that there was suffering coming to his body. That he was going to have to take the sin of all the world. Not just us in this room all the world and placed upon him that there was going to be a separation between him and God for a period of time. He understood that he did not want to be separated from God. In the spiritual man, he did not want to walk through this. He didn't want to suffer in the body. There was a battle that was going on inside of Jesus and he came back to his disciples, and he found them sleeping, and he said, Peter, so you men could not watch with me for one hour? They were struggling also. They had been up with him for a long period of time, and they had gone and with him. And he, he takes the, the three of them a little bit deeper into the garden to pray. And as he is praying, they get tired and they fall asleep. They fall asleep. We've all been there when we just can't go any further it's a struggle when we don't want to walk one more mile with the person who is with us that we don't want to go the extra jesus says keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation the spirit is willing but the flesh the flesh is weak the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit inside of each and every one of you is willing to take on any enemy that comes at it. When we see, when we see David going after the bear and the lion, it wasn't David. It was the spirit of God inside of him. When David went against the Philistines, he says, why are you not taking on this uncircumcised Philistine who is coming against our God? It wasn't a battle in the flesh. It was a battle in the spirit that we struggle with so many times. They should have been with Jesus because he was grieved to the point of death. He tells his disciples that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We deal with this flesh each and every day. And that's just a fact. 
Do you think the devil's going to let you enjoy life if you're following after the Lord? He wants to get you back to following him, doing the things that you did before you accepted Jesus Christ, before you allowed the Holy Spirit to come into your life. The temptations, the devil has placed them before you. And we have to watch and be very careful. We have to walk by the Spirit. And if you do, the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you, help you through those things. The temptations of the devil, the flesh, immorality, impurity, sensuality, and the list goes on and on and on. should have put gossip in there, lying, cheating on your taxes, all these different things. You know, and as I was studying this week, I thought, you know, wonder how long that list is. I really wonder how long the list is. I don't know. I don't think anybody's ever covered that because as soon as we say, okay, there's 352 sins, somebody's going to come up with a new one. That's just the way that we are. The devil wants us to sin against the devil. We see this list. The word in verse 16, desire, is a strong word. He said that you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. It's, it's kind of like this. Let me explain it this way. Lots of times we want a glass of water. And, you know, that is a desire. But that's not what this, it's a strong word. It's really meaning like a man who's coming out of a desert wanting a glass of water. It's that kind of desire that the devil wants to put into your life. We must submit our flesh to the Holy Spirit, and when we do, we will find peace and joy in all the fruits of the Spirit. Paul the Apostle wrote in 1 Corinthians 9, it says, do, not, do you not run, I'm sorry, do you not know that those who run a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body to make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. Our bodies are the instrument that God can use for us to go out and witness, for us to share, to use our hands, to use our hearts, to use our mouths, to minister unto others. The word discipline literally means to bruise. And if you ever watch boxing, if you ever watch them train, they're some of the most disciplined people and that they work out and work out and work out and work out. Those who wrestle... If you ever, I, I had a friend when I was in high school, and he was a wrestler, John Sullivan. And he was just so consumed by it that everything when wrestling season came was wrestling. His weight to the ounce was under control. His body, his, he'd train his muscles. He would do all these different things. And God wants us to do the exact same thing, that we would discipline our bodies to say no to what the devil wants that the flesh would not rise up, that the spiritual man inside of us would rise up. So we need to understand that this is a walk with God, that we need to train our bodies, and when we do, we'll see that the spiritual man will win. Number two, spiritual fruit defined. Just as there are a lot of deeds of the flesh, there's a lot of fruit of the Spirit. Paul doesn't say the fruit of the flesh. He says the deeds of the flesh. The word deed means work, what is done. 
But fruit is something that grows. Ever go out to a, an orange tree or an apple tree and, and you see, well, hey, that fruit's just not ready. Yes. You never see a tree that all of a sudden, one day, bing, there's an apple. No, it starts out little and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's the way that fruit grows. And in our life, the same thing is true. When it comes to the Spirit, call, Paul calls it fruit. The difference is that the work of the flesh is done and the work of the Spirit is continuing to be done in your life through the fruit. I don't know of any fruit that just really matures all of a sudden. And for me, I know it's taken time and I'm still working on some of the fruit in my life. It's called character. It's called character. And it's not what is seen when it's in the light. More, it's what happens in the dark that people don't see. What we do behind closed doors. It's nice to, you know, to get up and we shower, shave, whatever you do, get ready, look good, and come to church. But a lot of times there's things that we don't want other people to see. Hmm. Maybe you're thinking about those this morning. The fruit is growing in our lives and it needs work and needs attention, just like anything. Now, my dad, he loves the garden. I do not love to garden. And I lived in a house and we had a garden one time and, and he, I had some free time and he said, well, if you have some free time, go out and why don't you hold the garden? So I went out there for about five minutes and thought, I don't see how he gets any pleasure out of this at all. I really don't. So I just kind of quit. So when he came home, he asked me, oh, did you go out? And, and I said, no, really, I said I didn't like that. He goes, but you like to eat the produce of this garden, don't you? <laughs> ah, the motivation was a little bit different. We have to do the same thing in our own lives, that we have to dis discipline ourselves. We have to buffet our bodies. We have to make sure that the flesh is under control. None of us wants to be pruned. We don't like things to be disturbed or changed in our life. We don't like correction, directional change. But the gardener and the farmer understands there is a yet a bounty to be had if you work the garden. The same thing is true with God. He wants the fruit in our lives to come, but we have to submit unto him. And when we do, we're willing to be pruned. We're willing to allow submission in our lives. It'll take place. Spiritual fruit shows character. Are you showing the fruit of the Spirit in your life? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, 17 through 20, So every good tree bears good fruit. But the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, you will know them by their fruits. You will know them by your fruits. We are not the judge. God, our Holy Father, is the judge. But we say so many times, you can be a fruit inspector. What is the fruit in somebody else's life that you're seeing? Are they doing the things of God or are they still doing the things of this world? Are they walking after the flesh or are they ministering unto people that God has put in their lives? Do you have self-control, faithfulness, patience in your life? Is the Holy Spirit working in your life to help you to grow, to be the fruit that God wants you to be? That's what this whole series is about, the Holy Spirit working in our lives. So let me come to my last point. 
evaluation. In verse 16 it says, But as I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So let's look at this fruit for a minute. But I want you to do two things. I'm going to give you the first one right now, and then the other one I'll give at the end of the message. There's two things that I want you to do. It's kind of a challenge. Hopefully you have the notes in front of you, and if you see those notes, you'll see on the bottom of it, there's nine things that are listed. Love, patience, peace, kindness, all those different things. You'll see some numbers right next to them, one through ten. Guess what? You're in class. I'm not going to grade your paper. You are. And as we go through this today, you can grade yourself as I go through these nine fruits. And the thing is, is you need to be honest with yourself. Because if you are honest with yourself, then you'll see, you know, areas that you need to improve in. And as we go through them, look at them, and one means that you don't have this fruit in your life. Ten means that it's ready to be picked. This fruit is ready to be picked. So let's go through the list. Love. Love is so important. We can see that in 1 John that God is love. We are to love God first and then love our neighbor. We probably use this a lot. We talk about God. We talk about love and everything else. And probably the most quoted scripture in the Bible, John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Love is important, but it starts with loving God. Do you love others? Do you love those that are hard to love? Maybe their coworker, maybe somebody in the family. Love, love, love. The Bible tells us to even love our enemies. If you have an enemy, can you love your enemy? This is a big one. Do you love yourself? Do you love yourself? So how would you score yourself on love in your life? Number two, joy. Joy is happiness that lasts. For me, happiness would come in a lot of different ways. If, you know, if I got a pecan pie or, you know, somebody handed me a bunch of money or gave me a new car or... But, you know, those things eventually go away. I'll eventually eat all the pie. I'll spend all the money. The car will get older and rust and... Do I still have joy in my life? There's a difference between happiness and joy, and happiness is just for a short time. Joy is long-lasting. That when problems or struggles come into our life, can we still have joy? When we see that, you know, we've just lost our job, or as we've seen just this past week of a house burning down, we've got dealing with a gentleman right now, an apartment that's burned down. Can he still have joy? as he's going through that. You can still have joy in the midst of a storm when everything is falling in around you. It's not based on this world, not based on the pleasures of this world, but it's what God has done in you and through you that should bring joy into your life. To remember that, listen, we're just passing through. This life is short. Have joy in your life. To understand that true living is yet to come, and that is heaven. Number three, peace. Do you have peace that passes all understanding? Can you be still and know that God is with you? This world is, is not filled with peace, though. All you have to do is turn on the news. 
You turn on the news and you will see that it is all a bunch of yuck and just this and that and the other and this shooting and wars and troubles and crimes and everything else. And then they, at the end, they tell one little sweet little story. Oh, they think that's going to make it better, you know. It's kind of like somebody just coming and dumping a, a truckload of dirt on you and then, you know, just, oh, there you go, you feel better? No, it doesn't. We have struggles in life. We deal with situations each and every day that cause us not to have peace. The Bible says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Can you have peace in the midst of your storm? Daniel had peace when he was in the lion's den, the three Hebrew children, as they walked into the fiery furnace. That's real peace. Paul, when he was in prison, that he could sing out. Peace in your life. I've, I've, at times, I know in my life, I have struggled with peace. And, and one time, I, I came to know that peace that passes all understanding. We were going through a testing and a trial at the church I was in. And there was one couple that were coming against me the hardest. The church was splitting. And that, that man came in one day to take care of some business. And I was the one that had to take care of the business with him. And, and as he left the office, we were in the secretary's office. She goes, how can you stand there and talk to that man after all that he has done to you? And my response was, I have learned the peace that passes all understanding. I have tried to get mad at that man, and I can't. I really did. Because I was like, every time I see the man, I, I, well, God bless him. I'll go and talk to him, everything else. And to know the things that him and his wife are doing to me. And she said, listen, if I were you, I'd go out there, I'd just pinch his little head off. I thought, well, she doesn't have the, the, the fruit of self-control in her life. <laughs> she was a lot bigger than he. He was only about five foot three. And I, and I thought, really, I thought, if you want to go out there and do that, I'll be glad <laughs> to watch. I'm not going to participate, but I will watch. That would bring me great joy. There you go. Peace. Do you have peace? Number four, kindness. You know that there are some people that struggle with kindness. Look at your neighbor and ask, is he talking about you today? Kindness is showing the love of God to those in most need. You know the golden rule? Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. And we need to have kindness in our life. Kindness that we do the work that God has called us to do. That no matter what, no matter when somebody is coming against us, that we still show kindness. Love your enemies. What is kindness on your scale? Number five is goodness. Where is your moral compass? God wants us to have good morals. To, that others are seeing us, sometimes we forget. We sometimes forget. This is when people are looking at you and when they're not looking at you that you're making the right decisions. That you admit when you're wrong, Really, the only thing that is good is God. But to have goodness in your life, that people see, he's a good person. He's a good person. 
This afternoon, I'll be, I'll be doing a funeral for uh, Mary Gerberding, who passed away this past week. And that's one of the things that I can say about Mary. She was a good person. She loved God. Yes, she was always giving. But in all the troubles, and I walked with, some, with her through some troubles and trials in her life. She died of cancer. She was a good person. Faithfulness. This is one that I'll be also talking about on Wednesday night, the gift of faith, as we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit on Wednesday nights. But do you have faith? Read chapter 11. You can see those who walk by faith. Faith is trusting in what you don't see, but knowing that it is yet to come. There's times when God speaks to us and says, this is going to happen. Do you have faith to hold on? It's going to be okay. Do you have faith when you pray that you'll see the answer? Or do you just pray to be saying words? Do you know that the one that you're praying to is the one that can give you the faith to move mountains? To see that he can take care of whatever the situation is? But I have to have faith in him. Each and every one of you had faith this morning. I can prove it. When you came in, you probably didn't think twice about the chair that you sat in. You just knew it's going to hold me. You have faith. It's true. There's so many things that we have faith in until it's shattered. Faithfulness. Faith to move mountains. Faith to see the hand of God move. Faith to pray until the answer comes. Number seven, gentleness. James chapter 3, it says, Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds in gentleness of wisdom. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 says, Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. We've heard of gentle giants in our life. It was Andre the Giant. Uh, I, I'd seen him interviewed one time. Some of you might know he's a wrestler. He was in movies and everything. Kind of an ogre-looking guy. And uh, the people that were interviewing talked to him, had talked to other people, and um, they said he was a man who was in movies so many times, the violent man. He was the one in the wrestling match that was, you know, would beat up on somebody. But the ones who really knew him said he was one of the kindest men that you would ever meet in your life. Kindness. Do you have that gentle spirit in your life? It's not being a doormat and letting other people walk over you that, you know... He's so kind. He's so gentle. We can take advantage of him because the world will do that. I had a lady tell me one time when we were having a situation with the church, I'd, we re, we'd kind of hired her. She'd kind of done the work before we really hired her. And then she wanted to be paid before it was done, and I said no. And she said, is that the way you Christians are? And I said, I think you've got it wrong. I said, you're the one that's in the wrong in this situation. I said, when you finish the work, I'll be glad to pay you for it. She came at me again and tried to be gentle in that. Number eight, self-control. Okay, hold on to your seats. This might be the hard one for some people. You can see the, the, the deeds of the flesh. One of them is anger. Are you easily angered? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, 27 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. The fruit of the Spirit 
are to be a reflection of God in our life. And when we get angry, we don't show Christ-likeness. Do you get angry quick? Have a short fuse? When situations bother you, you blow up? And sometimes some people just keep it inward. And they let the, the inwardness, you know, sometimes that bothers people more than just letting it out. We have to be able to control our anger and understand that we need to bridle our tongue to love one another. This one might be hard for some people. So what would your score be on that one through ten? And the last one, patience. Now, some of you said he skipped over patience. I was just trying your patience. <laughs> so you get a two on that one. I intentionally did that. I'm trying to help you have patience. This is the one thing when I tell people, when you pray for patience, you don't get it. You get tribulation. You can pray for God to, you know, bless you financially, and he'll bless you financially. He'll bless you to, to heal you or whatever it happens to be. This is the one time whenever you pray for patience, he doesn't give you patience. He gives you tribulation. So if you want tribulations, pray for patience in your life. But that's how God works out patience in our lives. We all know people who are very patient people, and we know people who are not patient people. My wife has told me, and, and I've gotten better, that when we go on vacation, she goes, can you please take off your watch? You know, if I say let's go at 9 o'clock, you know, we're on vacation. If we leave at 9.05, Paul, it is okay. We're, <laughs> we're just going to go play pot-pot. Okay? Those little colored balls will wait on you. Have some patience. Do you have patience in your life? Patience is a virtue. We say that all the time. So now you, you look at this list that you have in front of you. You've graded yourself. I said that that was your homework or that was your testing today. Now I'm going to give you some homework. If you're willing to do it, if you're bold enough to do this, is take the same list and go and ask a friend to grade you. Maybe your spouse or... Some of you don't like that homework assignment. I can see that right now. <laughs> and I saw a reaction. I'm not going to say who. Who I think exudes most of the... I mean, really, I would grade this person really high on this, on all of these. And she looked at her husband. She went... You come and see me afterwards. You know who did it. I'll give you nines. I'm giving you nines. I know this woman. She deserves them. Her husband is the exact same way. Take this list. Because we can grade ourselves one way, but how do other people see you? How do others see you? Would they give you the same scores as you gave yourself? So take that this week and, and see. Verse 25, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. I hope you want to walk by the Spirit. And if you will, you'll show forth the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life, that others can see that. What do others see and think about you? What's more important is what does God see and think about you and the fruit in your life? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. Close your eyes. This morning, the message was on the fruit of the Spirit. 
But this morning, I don't want to leave an opportunity that maybe this is your first time in our church or maybe you've never made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you don't understand all of that right now, but there's a tugging on your heart that you know that you need God in your life more than anything else and you've never made that decision. You've never made that decision. This morning you want to. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. But if you're here this morning and you know that you need Jesus Christ in your heart and you've never accepted him, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand right where you're at that I can acknowledge you. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? I'm going to ask you to stand, if you will, across the sanctuary. I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come down front today. And as they come, as you have graded yourself, there's a couple things that maybe you need to come down and pray about. Maybe you do need a touch of healing today. Maybe there's something going on in your life that you're struggling and you want one of our prayer teams to pray with you and just help you and encourage you. Or maybe as you see, you've got a two or three on one of these fruit of the Spirit. And you just want to come down and ask them to agree with you, to help you that you can grow in that fruit. And as Danny just plays, I'm going to close this service. And I pray that you would just take, and this week, look at those nine fruit. This week, ask somebody to help you. And see if those fruit are working in your life. See if you have them. Because so many times, we look at ourselves in the mirror, and we don't see the changes that take place. When my parents used to live here in town, I would see them every couple of days at least, if not every day. And now I see them about once every three or four months. My parents are changing. Are you changing? As Danny plays, I'm going to close in prayer. Come down. Let them pray with you. Those who are new to our church, I'd love to meet you over in the Welcome Center in just a minute. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We give you all praise. We give you all the honor for what you have given unto us, your son, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this hand that was raised this morning. Father, pray that they would come down and just pray with one of our team. Father, I pray that you would just help us also, that we would have the fruit active in our lives, that others can see Jesus Christ. Let us be that reflection. Father, that you would minister. Father, I pray that you would just help us as we bring you glory by reflecting your Son in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. May you go in his peace and joy this week.